Well, we've managed to bring together some of South Africa's pundits to unpack the state of state-owned companies, outlining just how government guarantees and bailouts effectively entrench poor performance at state-run firms. Because it has been echoed before, the future of SOEs depends on their ability to form the bedrock of the economy while remaining efficient and internationally competitive. When this is no longer the case, then what? Uh, Mark Barnes, the former CEO of the SA Post Office, Begim Fega, former economic advisor to the presidency, and Darby Ruet, chief economist at Efficient Group, join us now. Thank you so much for your time, gentlemen. I actually just want to start off with uh, the sentiment uh, that uh, you feel uh, when it comes to the SONA. So we did have the State of the Nation address that was uh, delivered on Thursday. Of course, there were some announcements that were made concerning some of the state-owned companies, including Transnet, now looking to the private sector to partner with them on their operations. You also now have the uh, creation of a role of Minister of Electricity and also the State of Disaster being declared. I want to start with you, Davi. What is your view of that action plan? that was tabled by the president? Yeah, well, I guess one can start off by saying we've heard all of this before, but I am, uh, what I would have liked to see is the president actually announcing his new cabinet before the State of the Nation, because I want to know who's going to be the, who's going to be the team that's going to get him to, to implement all these plans that he's got. So I would have preferred him to actually announce the new cabinet before the State of the Nation. Then about the electricity, now, I must tell you, I am completely confused now when it comes to electricity, because now we have a new Minister of Electricity. We've got a Deputy President that's responsible for electricity. We've got a Minister of State and Enterprises that's responsible for ESCOM. We have the Minister of Energy Affairs that's responsible, I guess, for energy. Uh, and uh, so, I don't know, when everybody's responsible for everything, then nobody's responsible for anything. Uh-huh. And that's the, the, the real concern here. I, um, I don't think we're going to make much progress. Uh, I sim- and, and what I'm also concerned about is that we have to understand that there's an, an election around the corner and politicians don't take, make very difficult decisions and implement very difficult decisions just before an election. So, and we are in a real crisis. The South African economy is not growing. We have very, very high levels of unemployment and poverty. And I, am, and I agree with Treasury is that I'm concerned about violence. I'm concerned about public violence, like what we saw a year or two ago in KZN and in Gauteng. So those are the kind of things. This is a toxic mix. We are in serious trouble in South Africa. Yeah. Um, coming to you, Becky, um, do you think that, that there's anything that hit the spot or this was just another speech where we probably won't see any action coming to the fore anytime soon? Well, thank you so much. I think the president has all the intentions, good intentions to to make sure that the reforms are happening. But unfortunately, there is fatigue uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, confidence in the political leadership, their ability to see through the implementation. Because most of the commitments have been made previously and we yet to see the, the, the reforms. And I agree with uh, Gavi that the announcements around the new minister and, uh, you know, with a lot of structures and teams that have been dealing with these issues. Uh, and uh, currently we, we really 
uh, 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 need something else in terms of implementation. We need really people who have the skill, uh, engineers who, who who will give us uh, clarity on, on on these matters. Because if if it's not an engineer uh, uh, or, or someone who is experienced in in ESCOM, because that's where the, our immediate challenge is in terms of the short-term I mean, short expectations uh, dealing with load shedding. So we will need a, a, an engineering person who will tell us specifics on what is being done to, to solve the, the challenges of ESCOM. Yeah. Um, Mark, do you think that the SONA was about making politically friendly but soft and expensive decisions? Or do you think that there are some that will actually lead to government walking the correct path? Oh, thank you. It's nice to be in this company. Uh, I think that uh, uh, the president showed an inclination towards accepting the truth that we have to do this in partnership, that we have to have expertise mixed with popularity, that we have to have experience mixed with forward vision and all of these kinds of things. So you, you sort of saw a veiled invitation for participation, some of it accusatory, some of it friendly. And I think that that might be the first step towards the middle. I mean, SOEs are strange creations, you know, commercial organizations run by a single shareholder, which is the state, and they have within them various conundrums, you know, like parallel commercial and developmental mandates, uh, you know, single source decision changes of leadership, which are political rather than expertise driven, and so on and so on. And, and so I saw something of a realization. You know, unfortunately, it remains something of a popularity contest. And so we end up, instead of being able to order, you know, a sirloin medium rare, we faced with a buffet of choices. You know, we don't have a focused, specific set of actions and expectations that we can all put our minds to, which is a function of the lack of common purpose. And so I think we need to, first of all, define what are we trying, what are we going to do together? Okay. Mm. And I saw invitations, perhaps born out of desperation, smothered by the need to remain universally popular. Uh, leadership uh, through this crisis is not going to re retain popularity. It's going to have to deliver. And there are two things that we're short of, time and leadership. Mm -hmm. Okay, Money's never been a problem. Money will find its way to the right project. So I, I, it was better than it might have been, uh, but it was still an aggregation of pleasing platitudes rather than a hard, hard talk about what's got to be done now and then. Now, last point I'd make is central to all of this is energy, yeah. but it's beginning to feel its way through secondary consequences, you know, into transport, into food, into healthcare, into all of these yeah. kinds of things, which have it. And so we desperately need mm. a medium term, short term and, and long term solution that we can all watch progress, incremental, measurable progress rather than Pipe dreams. Thank you. All right. Let's talk about money. Davi, how much strain are SOEs still putting on the fiscus and how much more pain can they inflict with most of them still going hand in cap to Treasury? 
Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me just uh, add to what Marx just said. What I picked up in a speech of the... We, we seem to have lost Darby. It must be Lodge. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Darby? Darby, Darby, can you hear us? I think we lost you there. <laughs> Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you now. We can hear you now. You can go on. Oh, I think we've lost them again. We'll come back. We'll come back. We'll come back to that question. Um, on 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 Darby. But uh, Becky, how are you looking at the pressure that SOEs uh, are putting <laughs> on 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 on? Okay, I'm going to switch off my camera. Okay. All right. Becky, just coming to you, I mean, how much more pain can the fiscal still take from these bailouts that SOEs are still going to Treasury for? Well, um, it's a matter of understanding the consequences of not bailing out some of them, especially those can, that can be deemed uh, strategic. That's why it's important for, I've always uh, insisted that the, the cabinet or the president should declare strategic SOEs. That's the starting point for any country mm. that is dealing with SOEs. Once you know that ESCOM uh, is strategic or SABC for, for, for argument's sake is strategic, then you pull all the resources to support those SOEs. You don't just neglect them because that is very detrimental to, it has got spillovers to many other industries, to many other markets and so on and so on. And eventually it affects the consumer at home. For instance, with ASCOM, we're going to feel the pain as we go on. As you see the, 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 the tariffs increasing uh, 18% recently, and it's going to go higher and higher as ESCOM goes deeper into the hole. And all SOEs have opened a huge hole, a huge hole. If you look at Denel, what is happening there, the, uh, 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 Transnet. And we're talking about the corporate uh, 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 financial pressures, mm-hmm. but we're not even talking about the, the, the market around which those SOEs operate, the gaps that has to be filled to make those markets competitive, like Transnet, yeah. Your, your rail, I mean, your rail infrastructure that has to be uh, 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 <coughs> uh, invested in. Yeah, so th- th- that's a huge uh, challenge that we have. All right. I hear your point there, Becky, on the fact that we do need to declare those strategic SOEs and focus on them. Before I go to you, Mark, I actually just want to catch Davi before load shedding wipes them out. Um, <laughs> Darby, do you think that there should be conditions attached to these bailouts and what kind of conditions would be sustainable? Yes, yes. I just wanted to say is that there's something that I've picked up that's different in this state of the nation than previous ones. And it happened uh, three days prior to the state of the nation. And that's when the president opened the mining in Darby. And we, he put the emphasis much more on the private sector participation than previously. And I think that's important. Okay. That is very important. Then I just also want to make the comment is that we've got a very, we had a very nice commodity cycle until recently. We couldn't get the stuff out of the ground or not enough out of it. And we couldn't get it out of the country. So we missed a lot. Mm. 
the economy, the, the population it keeps on growing between one and one and a half percent or so. With the pop, with the economy that's not growing, it means more poverty. More poverty. That's what's going to happen here. Um, so uh, if you look at the outstanding, only the debt of the state-owned enterprises currently is equal to approximately 10% of GDP. And most of that debt is guaranteed by the state. So the Minister of Finance next week will give us the budget of the his budget, his annual budget. And I would like to know what's going to happen to the debt of the state-owned enterprises. Your question is about conditions. Well, we've always had conditions, but the conditions have never been implemented. So what is basically happened, and I think uh, South African Airways is an excellent example, We've had something like 10 turnaround plans at South African Airways. 10. Can you believe that? Mostly under Pravin Gordon, while he was either the Minister of Finance or Minister of State and Enterprises, whatever the case may be. He has been a disaster as a minister, just by the way. So let's be honest about these sort of things. The conditions should be, in the case of, for example, in the, in the case of, of Eskom, is that you have to get rid, uh, you have to restructure, which will include many people losing their jobs. Are you prepared to do that? Uh, which should include uh, all those municipalities that are not paying the, 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 the uh, electricity bills. They have to pay that. Are you prepared to do that? Those are the kind of conditions that you have to implement if you want to save uh, ESCOM, as an example. Yeah. Um, and then, in a weird kind of way, what is happening, and this is what has happened to South African Airways, it is currently happening to the post office, is that we are basically privatizing everything. We are privatizing everything, not because there's a change in policy, but because the state is just not capable of running these sort of things. Yeah. Uh, and it's slowly coming to an end. South African Airways died a slow death. The post office is dying. It's being privatized in a way. ESCOM is going to die. So so let's, uh, uh, people, people like Verman Tash, for example, he's, he's kicking and screaming and private, trying to prevent the private sector from, from uh, uh, being part of the solution here. But eventually, he, even him will give in yeah. and get the private sector to participate in this. Um, Mark, just coming to you, uh, Davi mentions the post office. Obviously, we know the role that you played in the post office. Um, quite a lot of debate going on there, with some saying that uh, because of its uh, widespread presence, the post office shouldn't be dying. And of course, it just needs a, a change in its modeling. Just looking at, for example, the post office, maybe some, some other ones, do, do you think that there are still some worth saving like the post office? Yeah, uh, it's, it's bad manners to speak ill of the dead, but let's, yeah. um, uh, let's, let's progress it for the sake of this discussion. Uh, the post office, you've got to change the language around. I'm going to spend a minute on it. It has a commercially irreplaceable infrastructure, which you couldn't build today. Yeah. It is potentially a trusted destination for the entire population to go and transact whatever business they could transact there, including going for your COVID test or whatever else you might choose to do. It is a link between the informal and the, and the formal markets, and it's a place over which the state could preside in the interests of its people, which is why we got to pay social grants, because I saw social grants as a service, not a business. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, it, would be, it would be wrong to allow the post office to die. In fact, if we did, we'd be the only other country in the world other than Guatemala that doesn't have a post office, by the mm. way. Okay. Now, you know, Darby's talked about privatization. Yeah, the private sector can do what the post, uh, uh, post office does, but only for very few people. Okay. Here's the issue. It is a developmental necessity. It is a combination of commercial realities and current capacity that 
enables us to fund transformation, to fund development, to fund things that require subsidy. The, the state has only one source of revenue, and that's tax. And to create, uh, to earn tax, they have to create profitable uh, environments in which business can thrive and make a profit and, and, and pay tax. And so, you know, if you were to allow the post office to disappear and let courier companies and other private sector entirely profit-making mm-hmm. entities to prevail, then I guess we'd service something like 2 or 3% of the population. Okay, mm-hmm. That's just fundamentally wrong and inappropriate. Yeah. So we have to have an intelligent understanding of the equations that need to coexist. Darby mentioned some of them. You can't run a business where people, where your debtors don't pay you. The equation goes out of sync yeah. and the whole thing um, falls to pieces. Yeah. All of these things are, are capable of being repaired. But, and I've seen this in municipalities as much as I'm seeing it in, in, uh, in top government, we are appointing each other to do things instead of gathering our democratically earned power to appoint experts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, you cannot become a dentist by virtue of a popularity contest. Yeah. Someone can't vote you to be an anesthetist, you know. So we need to gather the, politi- the, the virtue of democracy and use that influence politically yeah. to partner with expertise that should serve that, uh, uh, you know, that entity, that, that, that will of the people. Yeah. And what we're doing is we're spending our lives entirely, uh, particularly at municipalities, Fighting about who's in charge of the budget, not fighting about what's the problem in the city. And mm. until we take our focus away from each other, the entire political debate leading up to December was about six people, not 60 million people. Yeah. Okay. We need to stop that. We need to appoint professionals from whatever background or history. And we need to set a time frame during which we achieve the demographic necessities of transformation and education and all of those kinds of things. We have to do it together, though. Now, what's going to make it happen? Uh, I'm telling you we're very close to what I might describe as an existential crisis, Mm -hmm. where you open the taps and it's not water that comes out. It's something else, okay? And when that happens, maybe... Uh, we will, you know, gather ourselves together as partners and recognize that we have to hold hands. But, and I'm finishing here, mm. we're intellectual human beings with the capacity for anticipation. If you can't see there's trouble coming down the road, get out of the room. If you can't leave your baggage at the door, get out of the room. Mm. But we know what's coming. Let's just do it together, man. Come on. Yeah. We do it on the sports fields. Gentlemen, let's leave it there. We could talk for hours on end because this is a really, really important topic to discuss. But of course, there will be more developments coming out of the budget that will be tabled very soon by our finance minister. But thank you very much for just giving us a snippet on your thoughts on the state of state-owned enterprises. Thank you very much for your time. That was that was Mark Barnes, the former CEO of the SA Post Office, Begin Fega, former economic advisor to the presidency, and Davi Root, a chief economist at Efficient Group.